Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast, episode number three. Jeremy Evans here with Mike Adams. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to be here. It's been it's been about a week or two and um, we are excited to do another podcast about mold. We, we've been talking about what topic we could present to our listeners. And before we do that, just, just a quick, this mold, this podcast is everything that we can think about as it pertains to mold. And, uh, I guess probably not everything, but the reason we got into this podcast is mostly, uh, from the health aspect of mold, uh, We've learned through the years of experience that mold can, can cause lots of health impact. And so even though the first two episodes did not directly address mold illness and mold-related uh, health problems, we were kind of setting up a little backstage for, for what we're planning to do heading forward, which is to really get into some of the health aspects uh, of mold. Because that's, that's why people care about mold, right? Yeah, and it's really it's really from <coughs> kind of a, a unique angle in that we are not doctors. We just have seen home after home after home and customer after customer after customer and talked to real life examples of what's going on out there. And then we'll go back and do our research and, and draw some correlations to holy cow, this is what's going on in the in the country as far as mold toxicity and mold illness. Mm-hmm. And sadly there is the, the the I would say the medical and scientific fields are just now starting to catch up and really, you know, do research and, and studies and maybe start to scientifically figure out some of the stuff that you've seen, we've seen for years, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's come a long way. When I when I first started doing this fifteen years ago, I mean a good it seemed like eighty percent of the population thought mold was harmless and yeah. uh, it's come a long way in the last 15 years yeah and I and I think it's becoming more of a of a hot topic and I think I think even in the next 10 years some big breakthroughs will happen yeah. probably with mold research um, so anyways that's what we're going to talk about today last week um, we went into depth about the concept of mold pause load um, which or mold load if you will mold <laughs> load the mold load or burden on our homes, how mold accumulates in our homes. I uh, just talked to a lady on the phone before we, we came in here who lives in a 45-year-old home, and, and we kind of determined through conversation that she's getting sick. Not Yeah, there's been leaks, there's been little things, but the mold load on her home has just increased over 40. You're, it's rare to see a 45-year-old home that doesn't have some kind of significant mold load. Would you agree? I absolutely agree, yes. And then it just gets downhill from there, 50-, 60-, 70-year-old homes. And so, um, it's, the, uh, it's the grandma and grandpa smell coming back to, to haunt everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. And um, So we, 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 addressed, we talked about mold load and just how mold acts in our homes, but I guess I guess kind of the the word that's coming to me as we begin this episode Mike is why 
if, if you're looking up a, a mold podcast, you undoubtedly are concerned with the health impact of mold, but, but why does anyone care about the mold load on their home? And today we're going to start that conversation. Um, let's far, start with a very, I almost said, yeah, let's start with a very basic question. Seems basic. Okay. Yeah. Very easy sounding question. How does mold affect health? Oh, it doesn't at all. No? Okay. No, no, I, <laughs> mold, um, I've always said it's, it's really on two different levels. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to pretend I'm a doctor. This no. is just, fr this is just from talking to thousands of people over the years. Well, we could, we talk to a lot of people who talk to doctors. Yes, we do. Well, we've talked we talk to, to a lot doctors. of doctors. Yeah, we talk to doctors. So that's. I, I, I know people who know doctors. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, again, we're not doctors, but we have talked to thousands of people, and um, what I've noticed, just from um, kind of a lay man's point of view, is that there's two different levels of illness. Um, you can get the like sinus infections and the um, you know, sore throats and runny nose and nosebleeds and um, what else is there? Asthma type deal. You can get that from a very small amount of mold and it could actually just be the mold spore count in your home is what's causing those relatively minor uh, symptoms. Even rashes. Um, I treated hundreds of homes where one of the kids in the family had this rash. They couldn't, they went to do from doctor to doctor, couldn't get it taken care of until they got the home um, taken care of for the mold. And then you get into the really, really sick ones. Not to say that asthma, you're not sick, but you get really, really sick when you get to the point where the mold is putting out mycotoxins. And it's the mycotoxins that are giving you all kinds of neurological problems. Um, in fact, we have a list of symptoms um, we can go over that later, but we can start talking about mycotoxins as well, and that um, gets to be a, a real serious health issue. Um, okay, so th this brings up a good question. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you mentioned some health symptoms that might occur if there's mold in a home or in a living yeah. space. Is that, is, that airborne, is that the airborne spores that are causing that? And, and is, it just, is it just the mold or the... What's the distinction between mold causing a, a health problem and a mycotoxin? Is it the mold? Or is it the mycotoxin? Is it the airborne spores? What is it? I, I think it could be any one, or a combination of all of them. Mm -hmm. um, I do think the more the more common, like sinus infections and rashes, um, things like that, are more just the mold spores getting into your respiratory system or whatever, mm -hmm. and or getting onto your skin or whatever and causing problems. Um, but when you talk about the mycotoxins, in other words, that toxin that the growing, um, thriving mold is putting off, that toxin is is like poison in the air, and that's that's in in many ways much much more serious than the mold spore count that's in your air. Okay, so so that first category that you listed, rashes, headaches, coughs, yeah. I see that very regularly. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you'd throw diarrhea in there. Uh, I, I think that's probably more from the mycotoxin. That could be a mycotoxin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to make it. it yeah, uh, I mean, who knows? Who, yeah. And, and in, in some ways, who cares? Right. you got to yeah. take care of the mold either way. But um, 
I was just with a, an elderly couple last week, and, and they both had a cough and diarrhea for a year straight. Yeah. And and so, so but what I'm what I'm getting at here is potentially, you know, I often hear the distinction between an allergenic response. Right. Some molds are aller, allergy inducing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if this is a helpful distinction. There's allergy inducing and then there's highly toxic. And I believe there's tons of overlap, like you're saying, yes. between both of those. Right. But you're kind of getting at maybe more of an allergenic response when you talk about rash, headache. Yes. Yeah. Versus a mycotoxic response, which is maybe a little more long term, a little more severe. A little more severe, a little more complicated for a doctor to figure out. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of disguises itself in a number of different ways, or it affects people in a number of different, uh, different ways. Um, I was just trying to find the list that we had made of all the uh, all the symptoms, but it's things like, um, well, I can tell you for, for a fact, and I'm absolutely convinced of this, my mom died when she was 72 years old. Um, they had pretty much decided that she had MS when she died. This is long before I got involved in uh, mold remediation. But I look back now, and every home that mom lived in had water issues. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that she had all kinds of mycotoxins um, in her body from all the mold in the homes that she had lived in. Um, they had diagnosed her with MS, but realize there is not really a test that says, yes, you have MS. MS is just you have a number of different symptoms and they say, if you've got all these symptoms, that kind of lines up as you have MS. Mm -hmm. But it disguises itself as like chronic fatigue syndrome or fatigue or brain fog or headaches. Um, some of the other short-term memory, short-term memory, um, achy joints. Um, I wish I had the list in front of me, but I don't. But yeah, all those kind of those kind of uh, more neurological type. Mm -hmm. Um, illnesses that it's just really hard to pinpoint what on earth is going on with my health. I was even going to say uh, uh, dexterity issues and coordination. Uh, yeah, balance. Balance, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, Hand-eye coordination, things like that are more on the neurological side. So yeah, there's you know, there's, there's a couple things going on here. An allergy probably more on the simpler side to, to resolve. The, the and maybe not as severe to your health, but then you've got the mycotoxin side, which is which is can be can be really severe, and that's that's mostly where we're concerned with things. What uh, you know, I get this question a lot. I, I actually, I'd like to talk about mycotoxins a little more because they're. We should say, myco, not named after you. Not right? named after me. Right. I, I thought for years it was, but it's <laughs> not after all. No. We can do a little basic here. Yeah. So myco refers to toxins produce, produced by fungus. You've got mm -hmm. your biotoxins, which is bio for plants, toxins produced by plants, and you've heard of endotoxins. Endotoxin, bacteria. bacteria yeah. right? So we're in the mycotoxin family. Um, toxin is, is everything you think it means. You said the word poison a second right. ago. Yeah. Um, and so... There's, there's no disguising there. This is these are poisons that are caused by uh, fungus. Yeah. So my understanding of this um, is when mold is floating around as a, in the form of a spore, it's going to eventually find food and moisture, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. As soon as it finds food or potential food and moisture, it's, it wants to set up a colony. It wants to start a family. And uh, so it's going to release an enzyme to break down that food source, right? As it does that, it's going to consume said food source. And essentially, there's a reaction within the mold cell. Um, I explain it more like a mold burp, for lack of better um, explanation. <laughs> but it's, it's going to burp, and it's going to release a... Uh, a toxin and those toxins are I mean there's a number of different types of mold toxins or mycotoxins but they're extremely extremely dangerous um, one example I used um, years ago and I kind of like the example is she was trying to understand okay how do we get rid of a mycotoxin and we'll get into this later but I, I likened it to a little Volkswagen driving around on the road and your Volkswagen is putting out well, it's consuming gas, first of all. It's, it's burning the, the gas. The Volkswagen yeah, the Volkswagen is the multiple. I chose Volkswagen because I thought that looked more like a multiple than a Cadillac. Not, yes. I mean, it didn't have to be Volkswagen or Cadillac, but you understand where I'm well, going with this. And I've seen your microscope in your office. You've, you've looked at mold spores under microscopes? I've Mi looked at Volkswagen under my microscope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe there, you. It's hard to get them under there, but you can do it. <laughs> no, yeah. The, so the Volkswagen is a, roughly the same size as the mold spore. Not the same size, same shape. Yeah. So anyway, the point is that Volkswagen is going to burn gas. It's going to release exhaust and so it's important when you're talking about mold remediation that you take care of not only the Volkswagen itself but you need to take care of that exhaust um, so anyway we'll get into that later but I wanted to throw in the Volkswagen analogy so that um, we just make it abundantly clear that a mycotoxin is basically the byproduct of the mold growing so the byproduct of mold growing is spitting out poison. That's right. Just yeah. like a just like a vehicle spits yeah. out, you know, exhaust that's right. poisonous and not good for our health. Yeah. And and what is the reason for it spitting that out? I know there's some hypotheses out there. Yeah. So. Um, is it just to release? Well, I, I for for years I thought it was just kind of a chemical reaction, and it may be. But I've also heard other theories that it releases these toxins to combat any potential competitors for that same space yeah. any other molds that want to come in that area yeah um, I, don't, I think there's a number of reasons why it probably releases mycotoxins yeah um, but the fact of the matter is it does and they're dangerous yeah it's, it's really hard to get into a mold spores head and ask it why it's doing that but it is yeah. but that's the best they're quiet they're very quiet they're to themselves <laughs> <laughs> they're very quiet yeah. they uh, so okay so so that's kind of interesting learning how the mechanism of of mold uh the mold spore works and how the production of mycotoxins work because you know again that's i think all mold and maybe this is a question i get i get some people say oh this mold is not toxic this mold you know are all molds toxic or uh, i'm only concerned about the toxic molds what would you respond to that? Is is that even a thing? I, I well, it's probably a thing, but I think that you are um, you are going down a, a a avenue that is impossible to um, you know get down that road. I mean, how are you going to sort out which molds you're going to take care of and which molds you're not in mm -hmm. the, within the home? I think yeah. you 
you have to pretty much assume that all molds are dangerous, all mycotoxins are dangerous, and we need to eliminate them as much as possible. I, I, I just think it's a tremendous waste of energy trying to decide if I got the bad mold or the good mold, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't want to go down that road. Yeah. If it's visible or even if it's in your air or if you're getting sick, it's not good. It's not good. We don't, I don't know that we need to know that it's producing this kind of mycotoxin or that yeah. kind of mycotoxin. Now, I some, now, I will say some doctors probably do need to know some of that because I, I know they have different protocols based on which toxin is in your body, whether mm -hmm. it be, you know, ochre toxin or trichothecene or aflatoxin. Mm -hmm. I know that some doctors are that good that they have different protocols based on the specific mycotoxin that's in your, in your body. But as far as from, from our standpoint, mold inspection, mold remediation, uh, they're all bad. Let's get rid of all of them. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Let's not chance it. Let's just get rid of everything. Yeah. Um, I do know that within the mycotoxin family, not all mycotoxins are created equally. They, they affect different, certain mycotoxins affect different parts of the body. Yeah. Um, some are considered a little more severe than others. That is true. Yeah. And again, that I, is as a re remediator, yeah. I don't know that it, it matters. I mean, if someone has tons of black mold, there's definitely a, a bigger red flag than if they had a bunch of basidiospores or something like that. Right, but, yeah. But again, if, if there's a ton of it, a ton of any of these mold spores in a home, you don't, you don't want them. They'll, they'll get in your system. There's the allergenic responses. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about this um, in, in, I think, episode number one, but um, we mentioned that mold is part of life. It's, it's part of the air we breathe. It's outdoors. The goal of any remediator should not be to sterilize a home to where there is no mold. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, it can't be. It can't happen. Mm -hmm. It's impossible because there's air transfer from outside to inside. But when a home gets a mold load that has risen beyond healthy level, that's when it's got to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And it may be a combination of mold growing, mold spores, um, dormant mold, and mycotoxins all working hand in hand to make you very, very sick. Mm -hmm. um, it may be one of those or all of them um, are part of the problem, but they all have to be taken care of. Yeah, and it's, it's maybe worth noting our bodies do incredibly well at handling things that we consume or are exposed to that are poisonous for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Uh, as I've talked to medical professionals, they say, our, you know, think of all the detoxing systems we have yeah. within the body. They're designed, you know, even just, you know, our standard, you know, bathroom activities, they're designed to excrete poisonous excess things we don't need, yeah. things that are bad. Um, even besides that, we have plenty of things inside our bodies that, that naturally will, will even kick out mycotoxins mm -hmm. and other toxins. Mm -hmm. We have those processes. Where I see the problem and where I see the health problems in mold remediation is when your home is full of mold and your body's doing everything it can to get those mycotoxins out of it. Yeah. But it can't get it out faster than it's coming in. Yeah, and a lot of times we also see people who have had another event in their home and you add that to the mold load of the home mm -hmm. and that was kind of the tipping point of holy cow, their body just shuts down. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I think high stress in life. You throw that on top of a really moldy home, it's very, very likely that you're just going to break down. Your body's going to break down because yeah. um, you can only handle so much 
um, toxin or toxins and so much stress within your body. Same thing with, I've had a doctor tell me about Lyme's disease. Lyme's, as we know, is a bacteria, but he said to me, he said, millions and, pe- millions, and millions of people probably live and die with the Lyme bacteria in their body and didn't know. They lived a perfectly healthy life. But he said what he has found that is Lyme's disease coupled with somebody living in a moldy home that's when they get sick from Lyme disease. Mm. In other words, your body can handle one or your body can handle the other, but it cannot handle both at the same time, and that's when it breaks down. So he said Lyme's disease is probably, or Lyme's bacteria is probably much more common than we ever realized, mm. but it's when you add the mold toxicity to your body along with the Lyme's bacteria, that's when you have a breakdown. Your body can only handle so much. Yeah. I, uh, I was at a, a gal's house, and, and uh, you'll remember this lady, but, but that's besides the point. Uh, she and her husband lived in Mexico for three years. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of inv- I was asking them background questions because her husband got really sick. And their house didn't have a ton of mold in it, honestly. I mean, it was maybe on the bubble, but as we took air quality tests, we were like, yeah, it's, it's a little high. Yeah. But as I did some investigation, she said, her husband she and her husband lived in Mexico in this house that the roof was leaking constantly it was it had a musty smell the whole time mold everywhere they tried to get it fixed many times never never got it fixed and and so she's wondering you know as as we as we talked i realized this is my hypothesis she probably he probably had so much toxicity happen at that point that his body kind of gave up the fight in a sense. Yeah. And so he's back in America in a house that's decent, not not horrible, but even just the littlest yeah. the yeah. littlest amount of mold, you know, above outdoor air even right. is really causing him reactions. Yeah. I had a, I had a, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode or, or podcast, but I also had a doctor explain it to me like this. He said, "All of us within our bodies kind of have our own little bucket that we store toxins in." And if our body's functioning correctly, we're dumping those um, buckets of toxin regularly. Mm-hmm. And he says sometimes you get exposed to a really moldy home and it's just too much. And you can't dump it fast enough before that bucket is completely full. And then you're, that's another case where your body just, I can't do this, I'm going to shut down. Yeah, and it just quits, quits doing its job. And then yeah. you start seeing, and, and this is where I'd like to bring this up. I've, I've learned this from talking to many people with mold illnesses and doctors. And, and this is for a listener. If, if you're curious, do I, is mold a problem in my life? Here's a couple things you can ask yourself. Many times when people have a mold-related illness, they'll go through the traditional medicine to the very end. They'll try all the mm-hmm. medicines. They'll try all the different doctors. Well, my mom did. My, my mom, they, they put her on steroids for a while. Then they put her on, you know something else and then they put her on painkillers for the for the aches and the pains and mm-hmm. it, yeah it was terrible yeah you, you i mean that's the way that we do it and it's a good method we we try something if it works yeah. keep going a medicine but many of many of the people that struggle with mold illnesses they they go through all those things and and they get to the point where none of it worked and then they start going to natural natural medicine remedies because yeah. those are the the people that largely deal with mold related illnesses nowadays yeah. and I've found that um, if if you're being diagnosed by any physician as fibromyalgia, 
you mentioned MS with your mom, uh-huh. Lyme's disease. Um, oftentimes it's those illnesses that are maybe hard to quantify, right. maybe unexplainable, like there's no logical reason. Um, are there any are there any other illnesses in that category that, I, that you could think of? Um, Lyme's chronic fatigue, chronic fibromyalgia, fatigue. Um, Alzheimer's, even Alz- has Alzheimer's. Some. Yeah, um, even you you get into like depression, anxiety. Um, like we've even seen it where it's like personality um, changes. Like yeah. they just they're different now for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Um, all those kind of things that it just kind of propped up out of the blue on them. Yeah. Which is like what happened with my mom. Just in fact, I went on a mission for the LDS Church. Um, when I left, my mom was a completely healthy, vibrant woman. When I got home, two years later, she's in a wheelchair. And there was nothing that doctors could explain about that. Yeah. And I don't want to be so bold as to say, if you have an unexplainable unexplainable Call illness, us. Call us. <laughs> call us right now. <laughs> it's mold. <laughs> I, I will say, though, just... Just in my experience, there's a there's a decent chance that mold may be part of it. Yes, it may be part of the equation. Like you yeah. mentioned, it can exacerbate Lyme's mm-hmm. disease, or it, it, it's often a, a, a co-infection of some sort mm-hmm. and can often be at least a contributor. I know right. I know we've treated homes where we didn't fix the person's problem completely by getting rid of the mold, but we made them feel significantly better. Right, and then yeah. they went on to the next thing that they were trying to figure out in right. their health. So if you're at the end of the road and you're kind of in some of these categories where doctors are really trying to figure out what's going on with this person, it would be worth getting your home tested, having a real professional come out and really trying to figure out if your home has a, a mold problem. No, I'll tell you another one that we failed to mention is um, I had another doctor um, talk to me about gluten intolerance. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, this it's, it's all the rage now. I, I've, I've been sick, but it turns out I was allergic to gluten, and now I feel better ever since I eliminated gluten. Well, he said to me, he said, it, there's a very good chance that the root of that problem is not the gluten, but it's mold in your system. And when you eat the gluten, you're either adding to the mold or the you're giving the mold in your system a really good food source. And that's what's making you even sicker. So it's true, it did help him feel better to eliminate the gluten, but the underlying problem um, he said many cases are mold in the home. Yeah, that's interesting. I've actually heard that on other mold podcasts. Yeah. You know, I listen to mold podcasts. You yeah, know. I don't. Yeah. No. I mean, if you're going to do a podcast... I, you yeah. should listen to a podcast yeah. once in a while. I didn't know what podcast was until we did this, <laughs> if that helps you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've read, I, I've read, I've heard different professionals say that you might want to check into mold if you have gluten intolerance or even dairy and some of those other yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, the root of it may be now, now you kind of mentioned it but what what is the is the food is it because the food's moldy what, what, what I, I'm not sure I, I, I think there's two think? different theories on that one is it could be your when you take in the gluten you could be ingesting food that has mold on it because we all know that I mean the bread even the bread you buy at the store is borderline mold and you give it three days from after you buy it and yeah. it could be raw mold so yeah. that's visible yeah. mold so obviously it's got it, yeast in it yeah I mean it's I don't know well, I yeah, don't know I don't either. But <laughs> it could be the food that you're eating has actually has mold on it. And in fact, we, I read something the other day. I don't know if I have it with me. I brought all this, and I've yet to use any of it. Um, yeah, you cited an interesting stat about this. Yeah, I did. Twenty-five percent. Is this where you're going? Yeah, it was twenty. The World Health Organization said up to twenty-five percent of our 
food that we ingest um, has mold in it. Mm. Which that's, that's crazy. That's very. So high. anyway, getting back to the gluten thing, we're either eating or eating mold or eating food that has mold on it, or the gluten itself is a food source for the mold that's in our body. Oh yeah. Yeah, because mold would love to eat some gluten, oh, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it I mean, loves that, gluten. Yeah, that, that seems right down its alley. Yeah, I mean, if you think of, you think of houses that get moldy in their storage room where they store their wheat and yeah. their whatever. Yeah, the mold's gonna, if it's gonna choose between your concrete wall and some wheat that's in the box, it's gonna mm. choose. It's gonna take wheat. wheat. Yep, take wheat every time. Every time. Yeah, loves wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, this is good stuff, Mike. I, we. We went on a significant tangent that I actually wanted to go on, so this is good. Um, maybe maybe a couple more things I'll mention about health. Uh, okay. Asthma. Yeah. Tell us about asthma and mold. How are the, is there a correlation there? Yeah. Um, there is um, obviously an allergic reaction to the mold. I don't have the stats in front of me, um, but I know this, it's a really, really common denominator. When we respond to a customer that says, I need you to come out and look at my house, I think I have mold. I guarantee you, you're, as you do that home inspection, you're gonna run into the little inhalers. I, it's yeah. very, very common. And so um, obviously something's going on with that. Also, we've done some research just here at the office. When the country changed the building codes back in the 70s when we had the energy crisis, you're too young to remember that, but. Yeah. But um, they started to change the building codes. One of the changes they made was that they needed to wrap the homes tighter with this. And there's different types of things they can wrap the home. But the bottom line is they didn't want as much air transfer occurring. They didn't want as much cold air leaving in the winter. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want as much hot air coming in in the summer to reduce your energy usage. Well, kind of the byproduct of doing that was our homes don't breathe anymore. Mm. And so... If you look at the asthma rates in the United States and about the same time where those building codes started to change, they, they almost line up perfectly. Asthma right. is just off the charts now. Really. And it seems like that was the major change. I mean, I don't know, obviously we don't know for sure, but it's certainly, and I've heard this from other people too, it's certainly a contributing factor in that our homes just can't breathe anymore. So they're, they're just, our homes have become just gigantic Petri dishes yeah. And it's causing asthma with these kids. It's almost like you're creating a greenhouse. Yeah. You yeah. Know, a greenhouse is plastic. Yeah. That doesn't breathe well and so it condensates. Yeah. And, yep. and uh, so, yeah, I mean, asthma, again, I think research is still lacking in the asthma mold yeah. realm, but, but I think most professionals admit uh, that a large portion of asthma problems are correlated with mold. Absolutely. The other one was uh, sinus infections. Oh yeah, that's big. Yeah, sinus infections. I think the actually the Center for Disease Control, if you look at their website, I think the number they quoted was 93% of sinus infections can be related or are related to indoor mold. Oh, interesting. Um, toxins. Yeah, and you reminded me of some other ones we could mention. Um, uh, rapid weight gain. Yeah. Uh, I actually just watched a mold documentary. I'm, I'm a mold student, Mike. Yeah, we all are, Jer. We yeah. all are. Yeah. I'm a mold student, uh, w which cited various people who put on 30 pounds in a short amount of time. Yeah. One of them. No, I did that too, but it wasn't mold. It was <laughs> it was cheeseburgers. It was oh, okay. Yeah. It was the wheat, it, but right, not yeah. the mold that right. was in the wheat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The wheat the wheat buns. 
<laughs> killed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there could be a correlation. This isn't a foolproof method, but if you change your environment, for example, move into a new home right. and you start to notice symptoms, if the weight gain happens right then or any of these other ones we've listed, oh. there's a good chance it could be mold. Yeah. Um, but often, like with your mom, where she spent years and growing up in mold homes, it, it only really caught up with her later in life. Right. So it, it isn't a foolproof method to say, oh, when I'm in my house, I feel great. When I'm out, I don't. But that is a good starting point. Um, yeah. So obesity, people can gain rapid weight. Yeah. You know, you mentioned some, uh, another one I'm thinking from this documentary, mood swings. Yeah. A lot of people reported. Yeah. It, that goes along with the neurological. I'll, I'll tell you what's really, really common after doing you know, thousands of home inspections and talking to thousands of um, potential customers mm-hmm. is the, I feel so bad for the housewife because the husband thinks the housewife is nuts. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're either more susceptible to it or they're in the home more, whatever it is, the reason, they um, cognitively are not thinking straight anymore. And the husband doesn't feel it, doesn't feel the symptoms of the mold. And he's just like, my wife is just going nuts. And she thinks it's mold. I don't think it is. But oftentimes I can tell you it's it's definitely mold. We've had people tell us, you guys saved our marriage. Because <laughs> cause my husband seriously thought I was going nuts. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that, you know, mold illness, again, any of those unexplainable illnesses, people always yeah. tend to look at them like, okay, this person might be imagining this in their right. head, right? Yeah. They're coming. Yeah. That's often the people that uh, that may have some mold-related illnesses, and we talk to them all the time. Um, and uh, okay, this is good. I think this gives gives people an idea of you know as, as you as they're looking within their own lives and in their own families. Like, is you know, do we have some of these symptoms? You know, are we in these any of these categories? Yeah. Um, we did talk last week about some of the imperfections of testing methods. Yeah. I, I read, you know, I just mentioned five minutes ago, if if you feel like you have any of these things, it'd be worth getting a professional assessment. I only bring this up, I think that's the smart thing to do, but I just wanted to bring in this caveat of what we talked about in our previous episode of that may not be... Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, yeah, it is. it is. I actually just got off the phone with a lady who she's like I don't trust any testing yeah. like the the mold that I'm you know allergic to doesn't show up on most tests and 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 you know again that that maybe sounds like a hokey thing to people at first but yeah. you get into it and and this is there's some real merit to what these people say and so I would say take testing is there anything else you would suggest to someone who besides getting some professional mold testing well I would I would get um some uh, naturopathic or homeopathic. And, and when I say that, I don't mean to disparage MDs at all. Um, I mean, my yeah. son-in-law is a yeah. doctor. And, yeah, and, and Yeah, they are. And, and, and your, your uh, brother-in-law Brother, is a two doctor. Of them, yeah. Two, yeah. And, but my son-in-law um, is a doctor in St. Louis, and he said, Mike, frankly, they just don't teach mold in med school. It's just not a thing. It's not researched enough for them to teach it. And so um, along with getting your house checked, I would find a a uh, naturopathic or a, or a homeopathic type practitioner that specializes in mold toxicity and let them do some tests on you. They have some amazing tests, whether it be through hair analysis or um, there's some machines. One of them I think of is called Biomeridian um, machine that can test your, your body for mold toxicity. Or uh, they even have visual acuity tests, which um, 
goes off of what you're seeing on a like a little flip chart or on your computer screen and then they'll change the screen and okay what are you seeing now they can tell mold toxicity just from mm -hmm. that so I would find an expert and and see if possibly they can narrow that down to wow I probably do have mold toxicity in my body can they can they do blood tests to tell about mold toxicity yeah I'm not as familiar with those as the okay. other ones but th I know they can they yeah. can do that as uh -huh. one of their tools yeah yeah and it's it's honestly not as easy to find uh, I've googled you know mold illnesses doctors medical professionals uh, naturopathic medicine functional medicine um, environmental medicine and science you know these are some of the keywords you can search in Google to find practitioners I know people uh, where we're located there's a handful of practitioners and I know people even come from out of state sometimes because they can't yeah. find a good one in their area so yeah. it may take some searching but I, I do believe most states now have several practitioners that can yeah. do this kind of thing yeah for sure when we when we go out and train new mold remediators um, I usually google um, you know a dozen of them in the area I tell them go talk to these guys tell them what you do and uh, create a relationship with them so I'll, I've, I've yet to find an area that you didn't have at least a handful yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's great. Um, I think this is a good stopping point, Mike. Unless, unless yeah, there's I anything else you wanted to say about? I mean, we're we're going to dive into the health. I think more. I, I I would say this before you talk. We have a couple guest speakers. A guest. Uh, uh, I don't know what you call them. Just guests to um, plan to come on our show. Several of which are health practitioners mm -hmm. or doctors. And I, I'm excited myself to ask them a little more about how they address mold situations, mold illnesses, and their perspectives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything for today that that uh, you wanted to throw in at the end? No, I think I think we've uh, I think we've explained just how little we actually know about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. The good thing is, we're, because we are just very common, ordinary people, maybe we speak on a more uh, common in a more common language. These symptoms we described are very basic and I actually had a guy tell me today that he said Mike you dumb it down really well so people can understand I said I'm not dumbing it down this, that's me <laughs> that's actually me that's actually so, where you're at <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's where we're at in life yeah so, yeah all right well thanks for joining us uh, we'll look forward to to next episode four and uh, this is the mold matters podcast are you gonna tell him I don't want to be your mold guy mold guy Want to be your fun guy. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.